Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. Here again on the B&E Podcast, I'm Evan. And I am Brandon. And we are here doing this podcast thing again, talking about art and industry and the creative process and integrity and all of those wonderful things that uh, we love to talk about on this show. Uh, Today, we were having a little bit of trouble trying to come up with a topic. I think we're both feeling a little bit, um, I don't know, not lackadaisical word of the day. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, just sort of, sort of in like a weird, sort of like a mellow, just sort of like, I I don't know, I don't know kind of space. And uh, I was like, well, hey, that's perfect inspiration for a conversation. So today, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, when, when nothing's working. Yeah. (laughs) I wanted to get that right. Yeah, when nothing, when nothing's working, you know, <laughs> not even the way you introduced. The not podcast. even the way. <laughs> but hey, who knows what's what the right thing is, right? These yeah. things often lead to uh, beautiful little gems. When well, it's an it, yeah, and I mean, it's an interesting thing, you know, the whole when it's not working. I mean, and I, we're struggling with it today, and you know, I'm just personally in my life and a few things that have been going on recently, but um, but how do you know how it's supposed to work is kind of the next question that comes up because, you know, I, I think about that and it's like, okay, well, I have this idea of how I want things to work. I have this idea of how I think things should work or they need to work, but how do I know that that's the best way for them to work? And I think it's a, it's, it's an interesting concept because I think we all have these ideas of what we want and um, you know, actually, I, and I don't know where I saw this, but I recently saw some, some video. It was online. It was, um, one of the, one of those, um, speakers. I mean, you'd probably recognize the person if you saw them. I don't know, but they were talking about goals and they were saying like, like, don't have goals. Goals are bullshit. Goals are like <laughs> you trying to control and plan how everything's supposed to be. And I think what they were implying is like, have an intention, have a, have an area or direction in which you want to go, do something you love and enjoy and do it full out. But this whole goal thing, and I, I agree and disagree with their comment, but I think they were pushing on the idea that you don't know, you know, you can, you can try to control as much as you want for, for what you want, but you know, you're going to, even if you have a goal, you're going to come up to all sorts of scenarios you didn't expect or didn't see, unless it's a goal that's just so easy, you've done it before, whatever, it's not even really a goal. But I think the nature of a big goal or the nature of a big endeavor or a dream, you don't really know what you're going to come up against. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You're heading towards a brand new experience that you want to have. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably like yeah, the idea that's of what much, a goal is. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I want to have this experience in, in my life. Well, well, here's not the necessarily thing, is but, we're convinced that a goal should be for a thing or yeah. an accomplishment or some external thing. We don't realize that we only really set goals for the experience. That's the, that's the big illusion because if you set a goal for a thing or a control strategy, I mean, you're doomed, you know, but if you, if you set a goal for an experience, 
you can experience that all the way up to the goal. You don't have to wait till the goal is completed to experience it. Yeah. But, but the elation of completing it is nice. Yeah. But that's not really what it's about. Yeah. And I mean, to, to just throw like a weird little wrench into, well, I don't know about a wrench, but, um, you know, how do you know it's not working? When well, yeah. it, that it that whatever it is that you're engaged in, that you know that script that you're writing, or this part that you're playing, or this uh, song that you're writing, or this whatever it is, h- how do you know that you're not exactly where you're supposed to be? That this thing that you're going through, this struggle that you're having, is not actually part of what it's ultimately supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know that. I, I read this interesting article. Um, recently it was about, um, it was about success stories and how actually they're kind of bullshit, how there's a lot of illusion in success stories where, you know, we hear people talk about, oh, you know, how they, you know, went from, you know, building a company in their garage or, you know, in their bedroom in their mom's house. And now they're, you know, CEOs of this company that Google just bought for, <laughs> yeah. you know, $750 million. You know, we've heard this story before. Um, and, and, and every level in between. And the thing is, is that so many, there's, they're actually extraordinarily inaccurate. Um, because very often people are not telling the whole story. Very often, uh, these, these sort of fables that these people weave of these success stories, they leave huge elements out because they're like, Oh, well, that's not an interesting part of the story. You know, it's this judgment on what's a good thing to tell for a story. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a storyteller, I, I understand that to a degree, but what ends up happening is that there's all of this, um, time and struggle that is left out you know, the, all of this sort of day to day, um, you know, and sometimes we hear these stories of, you know, people talk about that, but it's, it's a very glossed over part of it. You know, we, we look at it as being somewhat uninteresting. We're interested in like kind of where they started and now where they are now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, give us a few little details about being in the middle. And it usually is condensed to something. It's just like, oh yeah, you know, I was, um, you know, I was eating nothing but like ramen noodles for, you know, for months. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay. But that doesn't tell the whole story at all. Like there's, that doesn't even come close to telling the whole story, you know, of, of, of the struggle and, and the doubt and the insecurity, you know, that was just screaming in their ears, you know, for who knows how long, right? Mm-hmm. Months, years, you know, a lot of these stories, they, they are like that. So a lot of times, you know, when, when you think it was like this, this just isn't working. Well, maybe that's part of your story. Mm-hmm. That you bring up a really great point. I, I think that's very true. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, you're there, there's so much time where people go through this. I mean, where it's, you know, you don't know, like, you don't know if, things are ever going to work out. And that's, that's the thing, you know, is you see people kind of make the speech at the end of the day and say like, Oh, just believe in yourself, you know, just stay strong. But they don't talk about all the times that they didn't believe in themselves and all the times where they were really doubting if what they're doing really made sense. I mean, you hear the, the stories about people say, Oh, I was about to quit. And then 
I got that big role and then I made it. Well, what, what was that time like when you were about to quit? You know, what was that really like for you? You know what I mean? We don't ever hear about that. We just hear about that. Oh, I was about to quit. I was about to do this and then it worked out. But I bet that point where you're about to quit, I bet there was a lot that added up to that point. There was a long period of time or a really hard period of time before you got to the point where you even considering giving up because most of us, when we start this artistic endeavor, and I mean, I'm generalizing, I suppose, by saying most of us, but I think a lot of us, we, we do it because we're really passionate about it. And we have these big ideas and we think it's going to be this wonderful thing. And then, you know, you're going to go through this period of, you know, you're going to start to realize that, you know, things aren't working out as quickly as you wanted. Some of the people you meet are so fake and so full of shit that you're like, this is, this is discouraging, you know, and people get jaded and, you know, you, you, you know, look around you, look around at other artists who are jaded and, and, and hurt and angry, you know, they're, they're like that because they've, you know, they've, there's a part of them that's struggling, you know, and some are kind of like, you know, walking zombies at a certain point, you know, where you're like, I don't even know if I'm going to continue with this. And I'll tell you for myself, I've been that walking zombie. I've been walking around going, I don't know if there's a point to doing this anymore. I don't know if there's a point to continue on. Like maybe I should just get a regular job and like grow up or whatever, you know, because it's, you know, and then you have other people. The other thing is you're going through a hard time and you have other people in your life saying like, well, you know, what's your backup plan? you know, or it hasn't worked out yet. And, and that doesn't help. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then, you know, and then, and then you get hopeful. You have some moment like where you're an actor and, uh, you know, this happened to me where you're like, Oh, I got a lead role in an indie film. And then you find out that the producer is just full of shit, you know, that they don't really have financing, that they were just trying to get a bunch of actors together in this hopeful scenario that they can make some movie, but they don't know what they're doing. But you don't know because you're a young actor and you have no idea what's going on. But you think, oh, lead part movie, you know, the script seems good. So it must work, you know, and and then this doesn't work out. And then you're like, well, you get discouraged. You know, you start thinking, I mean, you could even be on the lead of a television show or something. You think, hey, I did really great. And now the show ends or you get killed off. Now what? You know, and, and you start thinking, well, maybe something will happen and nothing happens. I've seen this happen to actors all the time. They get a lead in some show or some big show. And then, you know, their career just kind of almost starts to plummet, you know, after it's done, they don't get more shows a lot of the time. Yeah. So, you know, and this is the thing is like, this is the topic we're talking about what to do in those hard times. You know, I think that's, what's really interesting because everyone loves to talk about, Oh, the person on the stage of the Oscar, the person getting the accolades and the claim and the recognition, but there's a lot of period in our, our time as an artist where nobody knows who we are and no one cares who we are. They care about themselves and and we're not interesting to them because we're not bringing any quote unquote value to the world at the moment, you know? Yeah. Of course we are, but we don't (laughs) see it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's so, it's so interesting. I mean, and it's, I, I think that a big part of, you know, when things this, I, again, the whole concept again of like, oh, when things just aren't, aren't working. I mean, again, you don't know that things are working and, you know, maybe you are exactly where you're supposed to be. And the beautiful, the beautiful thing about, you know, if, when, if you can start to learn about presence is that you can learn to embrace these things as they, as they happen for, you know, the things that they do offer, you know, the, the, that, 
independent that you were cast as the lead in that just never got off the ground. I mean, yeah, you can, you can get angry and you can, you know, kick and scream and cry and <laughs> all you want about the thing. It doesn't, doesn't change the fact of what happened. Did you mean for that to happen? No, of course not. Yeah. No. Is there anything that you could have really done about that? No. So it's like, well, what are you left with? Well, maybe that thing that happened was actually perfect in some way. Yeah. Maybe it was exactly something that you needed. And by being present, you might be able to figure out what that was there to show you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might be talking somewhat mystically here. It's <laughs> <Just laughs> like, oh, trust in the, in the cosmos of the universe. And yeah. I just like, well, I guess in a way I'm saying that to, to a degree, but I, I think that it still makes things a lot easier regardless, whether mm-hmm. you agree with that or not. I mean, what kind of a state do you want to be in? Mm-hmm. Do you want to be in a place of, do you want to be going day to day resentful? Or do you want to say that was interesting? What happened to me? This mm-hmm. is what I learned from it. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, yeah, you just don't, you know, you don't know. I mean, and, uh, if you're going to put your career, um, up in the hands of, of other people and outside situations. I mean, that's the risk you take, you know, you take that risk. Um, you know, I think, uh, for me, I don't know. I mean, through my experiences, I look at it and I go, well, it made me more of a person that's more proactive, more of a producer, more of a person that likes to create my own work as opposed to wait on other people. Um, and, uh, you know, and I think that, I think it just really depends on it. You know, I think it just, it depends on what you want, but I think ultimately it's all about looking at your life and being okay with where you're at. I mean, I think it's the big lesson that I've been learning is like not trying to be anywhere other than where I'm at. You know, um, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I would say like for myself, a lot of the time I want to be, you know, I want to be, uh, the big shot. I want to be moving forward. I want my career to really be something that everybody's going to be like, Oh wow. You know, things are going so well for you. Um, and you know, you get those little glimmers of that, that happens, but it's in those moments where it's not like that. And I want it to be like that, but it's not, that's when feels, things feel like they're not working. Mm -hmm. That's when it feels hard. I mean, but you know, I've come to realize and come to accept that my career, no matter what I do, no matter how great it gets, no matter how big it is or how small it is, it doesn't really matter. There's only going to be these glimmers of this thing that I think I want. And most of it is going to be these times where no one really knows. No, no one really, you know, like, I mean, I think about, uh, you know, we, you know, I, I've been following my Facebook. I have a lot of friends that are actors, right? And like a lot of my friends right now, they're booking roles, right? And then they get this acclaim. Everybody likes their post about how <laughs> or their agents post about how they're on a show. Yeah. And maybe they get a few, right? But that's going to fade. That's going to go away. And then, and then what, if you're living for that, that moment of like having everybody really applaud what you do. I mean, you're kind of, it's so minimal. It's just such a glimmer. Right. And I think this, this whole thing about when things are not working, um, you know, you're, you're, you're just trying new ways. You're, you're finding yourself out. You find yourself out a lot more when things aren't working than you do when things are quote unquote working. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, uh, it's interesting. What just came into my mind through this conversation is, um, 
you know, Homer's Odyssey, one of the great, one of the great tales of all time. If you've never read Homer's Odyssey, well, here come the spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> this, that's been around for way too long. Yeah. You yeah. to not be familiar with it, but go and, go and, uh, and read it. Um, but you know, it took, it took Odysseus, I think 10 years to return home. You know, he, it took him 10 years to get home and the story brings him all over the place, you know, and he had a wife and a son who he had like barely even seen. I don't, or, or had ever seen. I'm not quite sure. I, some of those details are a little foggy for me, but you know, the, the story tells of all of these, you know, these battles he ended up in. And even at one point he was getting close to getting home and the gods just like, you know, it, it was like a, the tale was like the God like was angry or something. And, and he, the ship was blown away in a storm and they ended up in a, and he ended up in a place that he didn't know. Hmm. And it's, you know, it, it's a fascinating tale full of mythology and, and, and imagery and, and sort of these, you know, gods and man and, and creatures and, and this and that. But I mean, the, the, the whole story is, is a life metaphor, you know, which is the brilliance of the whole story is that, you know, a lot of these things happen, you know, that seemingly for no reason. Yeah. Uh, and his, and there was always a journey. He was always trying to, trying to get home. He was trying to get to this thing and, and it took longer than he thought it was going to. And he had to go through a lot before he was able to finally get there. Mm. Right. And it's, it's a, it's a really powerful, powerful tale. Um, and in that, I think illustrates a lot of what this, I don't know if this is necessarily related to our topic, I guess in some weird offshoot way it is because we're like, well, when things aren't working, um, this is also kind of stemmed into a whole thing of, of like, well, you know, what do you really know that things aren't working? <laughs> well, it's I haven't, become a I bit haven't. of an existential conversation, I, I suppose. I mean, I do want it. I do want us to take this conversation to, you know, some, some just actual like practical day to day, like you're in the, in the process of doing something and it's just not working. But I guess right now we're in, in sort of a space of like a general, like things just aren't working for me as a creative person. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think what you're on is a, is, is a good, is a good kind of generality for us to get into this because yeah, I mean, um, you know, I haven't, I haven't read that. Um, actually. So, uh, but you said it took him 10 years to get back. I mean, they I don't made know. movies about it okay. and whatever. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I've kind of like heard a little bit about the story. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I've ever read it. If I did, I wasn't paying attention because <laughs> I was in school. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, the point is, is that, that I see at least is that, you know, you have this, this destination or this goal or this place you're supposed to be. And, you know, there's a journey that comes before getting to the destination. And somehow we, I think, and at least I know I do this from now and then is scorn the journey, you know, um, and say, well, why can't the journey just get me there? Like, and I think that, uh, you know, rarely, rarely, if ever, is it a straight line when we say I'm here right now and I want to get there. Is it a straight line to that place? It's not, it doesn't usually look like that, at least not in my experience. It's a, it's a windy road, um, with, with roadblocks and, you know, you're going, you're backtracking sometimes and you're finding new ways. And, 
Um, you know, and I think sometimes you take a lot of, a lot of, uh, paths down the wrong roads before you find the road that actually got you there. Right. But the key is to just kind of keep trying, keep finding ways. And, um, you know, one thing I'll relate this back to soccer, for example, yeah. is, uh, is, is, is it actually quite a profound sport, um, in all my coaching and education I got with it, but my coaches were brilliant, but they would always say, don't ever be scared to go backwards. Don't ever be square, scared to back up. Just, just move the ball backwards. Don't be scared to do that. If you are willing to do that as a player, I mean, and for, for those who are proficient soccer players, it's so obvious, but is it though? It's such a, it's a life analogy. Don't be scared to back up with the ball move sideways with the ball or pass the ball backwards. Don't, don't ever be scared to do that because we have this, this intention. We got to get forward. We got to score a goal. We got to, we got to set it up. So we have a shot. And, and so much of, of this game, if you play it well, is about learning how to move the ball into space and moving, you know, and, and setting up and, and strategizing. And life is a lot like that. You know, I think sometimes we get to a spot and we think I've already got here. I've worked so hard to get to this spot. It has to work. And like, you know, and you know, this is a forward. I played all positions, but I played as a forward. As a forward, sometimes the most powerful move you had in your toolbox was to literally turn your back to the defense and pass it back to the midfield. Because what would happen is usually there's usually only two forwards on a soccer field, but there's usually, usually four or five midfielder, and then the defense are picking up and whatever. So you have all these people, you have this whole team behind you. If you don't turn around and use them, it's kind of silly, right? Yeah. But what will happen is you're, you're one you're, you're two forwards usually, or sometimes one forward, and you're facing a defense of usually four. So you're, so it's one against four. So of course they're going to close you down. They're going to create ways to stop you from being able to take a shot. So they're going to make it practically impossible unless you have some magical ability to have some skill to get around them, um, to take a shot. Yeah. So your best option to not lose the ball is to pass it back to the midfield and let the midfield redistribute it and get into space yourself. You know, and, uh, a lot of the time, like great forwards, um, and you know, and, and the best forwards I ever played with, they were really good at putting the ball back and then getting into space and putting the ball back, getting into space. And, and I think life is a lot like this, you know, sometimes you have the ball and it's really great because everyone's eyes on you while you have the ball and mm-hmm. it's, you know, you're the star while you have the ball but it's, it's often what you do with the ball. And sometimes what you do with the ball is not very glorious, but it's so important. And I think that when things are not working, this is kind of an analogy for when things are not working. Sometimes we have to go backwards. Sometimes we have to go back to where we came and say, you know what? I try a new way. I gotta, I gotta maybe connect with the people I know. Maybe I gotta work with my team. I gotta work with the people that are around me instead of trying to do this myself. And I just know in soccer and the times where I tried to force the ball forward, I tried to, you know, occasionally it would work, but a lot of the time you get shut down and you get trapped and you get cornered and it creates more of a problem for everybody. Yeah. You know, so I think, uh, you know, I think one thing that a practical skill that I could take away from all this is that, you know, wherever you are, be willing to move it back, be willing to go back to where you came from and, and try a new way. You know, because if it's not working the way you're going, at a certain point you may have to go. Okay, 
It doesn't mean you have to stop playing soccer. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you stop, or stop trying to get that goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's but you you have to reassess because, you know, the this is not the right opportunity yeah. at this moment to to take the shot. Yeah. Right? It doesn't mean you're not working towards taking that shot. You know, maybe you've got to move it back or move it into a space where it was before, you know, but you know, maybe now the situation is different. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many, yeah, I, I, the sports analogies, while, you know, not everybody necessarily will relate to it, but I mean, there are, I, I think that there's a reason why sports are so, you know, so present in our cultures because they do ref- actually reflect, um, you know, sort of life lessons, you know, and, and a lot of our journeys, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, not that I think that there's like, you know, in sports, there's, there's kind of a, <laughs> the metaphor might indicate that there's some malevolent force of like defense yeah. trying to prevent you from getting what you want, which I don't think that that's really the case. No. Um, but for, for in our lives, you know, it's like, we're sometimes I think we're just being directed and we get directed to certain ways to go and, and see certain things to have, you know, it makes things a lot more interesting. That's for sure. I mean, I know if, if certain things hadn't happened the way that, that they had, you know, like if, you know, like I had some early in, in my acting career, I had some really big opportunities, um, that I came very, very, very close to and had those, you know, sort of succeeded at that time. You know, if I had gotten some of the parts that I did, my, my life would, would look very different. I know that. I don't know what it would look like, but it wouldn't be what it is now. And, you know, but then I have to go, it's like, well, hold on. Like the things that I've learned in my life up to this point, you know, even though I often struggled and I battled against my situation, resisted my situation and cursed my situation. Um, you know, looking back, it's, it looks like absolute perfection. Mm. You know, I met, I met my fiance because of, because of the imperfection of where I was, you know, I met, you know, or I, and I learned things I had, I've had experiences that I, I would have never, never had that I can't put any kind of a price on. I can't put any sort of monetary value on saying it's like, Oh yeah, but you know, I wish I'd gotten that part way back when, and then my life would be, I don't know. Mm-hmm you know, that's almost scarier to me in some ways. And it's a difficult thing to do because we want to be in control. Yeah. We so want to be in control. We want to know where things are going at all times. And I I think that it, it just places an unnecessary pressure and, and stress on us. And I mean, again, it doesn't mean that you don't have a goal, you know, like it doesn't mean that you don't have, have, have dreams and desires and things that you want for your life, set those things, Mm -hmm. you know, set those things for yourself, you know, to, to work towards, you know, and you know, like what's, what's the worst that's going to happen, you know, while, while you're on that. Yeah. You, you're going to come across different things, but if I think that if you can embrace those things as they're happening, some of those challenges, as we might look at them or blocks on to getting, you know, they're, they're teachers, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not, I don't think they're blocks, they're teachers to us. If, 
if we have the presence and wherewithal to actually be with them and, and to see what, what we're being shown through that, Mm. you know, um, because otherwise if everything, you know, to use (laughs) soccer, what, what if the game was just a, a goalie and a, and a shooter constantly, one person, like, what if the game was just one person starts at midfielder and there's a goalie, they run up and they take a shot. Maybe they get it. Maybe they don't. And then the other person goes the other way. Right. Yeah. That would be how uninteresting that would be the two. Nobody would there. You would not be filling up stadiums no. to watch that. No. Like it just, it, it wouldn't be happening, but yet we seem to want that for our own lives. Yeah. Like, I want a clean shot to the goal. I don't want to score. And I'm going to go. Yeah, <laughs> that's not like what, where, where's the glory in that? Yeah. Where is the glory in that? There's no glory in that, but you have to also be able to suffer the defeats as well. Mm-hmm. Right. It comes hand in hand. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's interesting with, uh, with sports. I mean, they, you know, you watch essentially two teams uh, often in a lot of these games compete against each other and see who wins at the end of the day. But, you know, every game is, 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 is kind of the same, but it's totally different, entirely different things happen. And, uh, you know, I think that, um, our lives are like that, you know, like, and it's so funny, like how people will try to model someone else's life. I mean, that's like trying to recreate a soccer game. You know, it's like, let's have the exact same game that was played before the exact same hockey game or basketball game or football game. It's never going to be the same. Your life is never going to be the same as someone else's. So, you know, the things that you, you face, the adversity you face along the way is just what makes it interesting. And I think that, uh, you know, we, we, we just have, uh, you know, I'm going to harp on the education system. Why the fuck not? <laughs> but it's all soapbox. About- <laughs> here we go. There it is. All right. But step it's up. all about a result. I mean, it's all about a result all the time. And I'm not saying that I'm not, you know, I don't fall victim to it just as much as the next person, but you know, we're taught you got to get an A, you got to get a high grade in school. You got to pass this stupid test that someone put together they didn't even tell you why you're doing it. Just memorize these answers, you know, spell these words, right. Get these math equations the right way. I don't know why I'm doing it. I just know how to do it. So then I get a good grade, right? You're a fucking robot. Like, let's be honest. If you can do that and you don't know why you're a goddamn robot. Life is not a bunch of robots. And then you get into art and you want to try robotic strategies like that. It doesn't work. So of course you're going to run through periods of time where this just isn't working. You know what? I, I, if anything, I scorn my education system because I think it's like, you know, I think about when I have kids one day and I think about how I want to teach them and how I want to teach future generations. And I think, you know what? If you don't know why, don't even do the goddamn thing. Just yeah. don't even do it because you're, you're saying I'm okay to be a robot it's okay. You know what? I just want to do it. You give me the cookie at the end of the day. I did it right. I'm good. Right. And now you have all the power because you gave me the goddamn cookie. But if you don't know why, other than your goddamn cookie at the end of the stupid thing you're doing, don't do it because you're going to, you're going to train yourself into a life of you need the damn cookie to be happy. And this is the thing, you know, this is why I get frustrated in my life. Cause I'm like, God damn it. I'm chase, you know, I'm, I swear because I'm like, it pisses me off. Because I find myself chasing this cookie, chasing this result, chasing this thing, which, 
it's going to be this glimmer of happiness for a moment. But if I understand why I'm doing something, you know, I'll tell you some of the best moments I've ever had have been with friends in the middle of a conversation and went, Matt, we're having a great time right now. You know, I think that's this podcast or being with the, the, the woman I love or whatever, and just laying in bed and looking at each other's eyes. And what is that? What is, is that an accomplishment? I don't know. Maybe you could call it that, but that's a beautiful moment. That's what life is about. You could call that the cookie, but that's life. That's what it is. I didn't pass some test, you know, that's, that's, that's being, you know, in the moment. And I think this is the thing is when things are not working, we're chasing that stupid cookie. <laughs> that's my soapbox. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I, I, yeah, I like, yeah, when, and I think it fits in again with that whole thing. It's like, well, you don't know what's, what's working. And this thing that you want anyhow, like this, this thing that you're, that you are questing for that is a, that you've placed such great importance, this thing that is going to make everything okay you know, it's, I mean, we've talked about that quite a bit over the last uh, couple of podcasts, but you know, it's, it's a fallacy, you know, it's an illusion, a magic trick, you know, that we've, we've told ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, that this is how life works, that, you know, we, you know, we work towards this thing and then we, we have this big moment and, you know, people, you know, clap in the streets and celebrate and, you know, you, you know, hoist this person in the air in your arms or you, you know, you scream in triumph as the, as the bad, you know, as the bad guy falls, you know, it's just like, <laughs> you know, and then it's happily ever after. Oh yeah. And it's just That's like, the worst life yeah, happily ever after is, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say that, 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 that actually that happily ever after is a fallacy, but the way that it's been presented to us is a fallacy that it's this external thing. It's this moment that happens and then everything's okay. It's like happily ever after is now happily ever after begins with you and the decisions and the mentality that, and the perception that you, you are choosing in your life. That's happily ever after. Well, you know, and I think people buy into this idea, which bothers me as well, which is that they buy into this idea that once I get here, everything will be good. Right. And I've bought into it and it's a load of shit. You know, once you get there, you realize, no, this isn't the case. I mean, just look at all these, uh, movie stars that have, you know, off themselves, you know, and been taking hard drugs and antidepressants and all this other crap to the point where they end up ending their lives, which are some are currently still doing. And many more will still go because of this, because when you get there, it's not happiness because you were sold a bill of goods. That's just, just not right. It's not the truth. It's a lie. But the thing is, is then you get there. Now what? Yeah. You know, I actually, I was telling you this before, when we start before this, I watched fight club again. Yeah. I watched this movie every once in a while, but I had to watch it again. And there's this moment where, uh, Tyler Durden is talking to, uh, Jack or whatever. And he's saying, you know, so what they're talking about their dads and he goes, well, I graduated, uh, I graduated school. He's like, okay, well, what do I do now, dad? And he says, get a job. Call him five years later. He says, what do I do now? Get married. He says, I don't know. He's like, do this, do that. Right. And it's like, okay, well, once you do these things, you're supposed to be okay. Right. You're supposed to be happy. You're supposed to know what your life's all about. You know, I just had a friend, uh, well, more of an acquaintance, but I just had a friend, you know, he's, 
30 years old or something, just got married a few years ago. I just, I, I was just told the other day that he found out his wife's been cheating on him and they're splitting up and he's overweight and he's 30 and he's like, I don't know what to do with my life now. I don't even, I don't know. And that's, and that's okay. I'm saying there's many other problems that go in the way. But the thing is, is that just because you get married and you find this love and you find this thing in your life doesn't mean your life's set now. And, and apparently he got super comfortable, took her for granted. And obviously she left because no one wants to be taken for granted. And you know, so now you're in this whole limbo of your life. You're going, okay, well, but that's the thing is that we actually buy into this idea that at some point things will be easy. And it's, if you're looking for an easy life, I think that's the problem. And I think that for myself, sometimes I'm looking for an easy life. I just want things to be easy. I want them to be okay. And I think that that's, and, 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 and I got this push and pull with it because I know, I know in my heart that that's not the way it is, but there's this little part of me that wants to just be like, can I just take a break right now? Can it just be easy right now? Yeah. But it's not, you know, and that's, that's the thing. That's, that's what we're in. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, I, I think it, it is a perceptual thing though, as well, because I, I think that there's a bit of an, uh, an illusion around, you know, the, this whole thing of like easy and, and hard work and, and what that actually is. I mean, yes, like every, any, anything worth doing, you know, requires, requires time and effort. Um, because if it didn't, then it's not really, it doesn't have very much value. Um, but I think it's, it comes down to that, again, that presence and of, um, learning to trust and embrace where you are. It doesn't mean that things aren't sometimes painful, but I also think that there is, there is an illusion as well to things, things are supposed to be hard as well. You know, like that things have to be difficult. Like if things aren't like, if I'm not like, <laughs> Like if I, if I don't feel like I'm sacrificing and if I don't feel like I'm in, in agony, then I'm not, then I'm not doing it. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm not doing it right. I don't think that that's, that's entirely true either. You know, that might just mean you're a glutton for punishment. I agree with you. Um, and, and you might just be unnecessarily hard on yourself because again, I mean, you know, like what's, what's the point like of, of the goal as well, if, if the journey is so painful as well, even if you get it and the journey was so painful, because again, still one, you know, even if you got the thing that you wanted, it's not going to be what you thought it was anyhow. And you still got to continue living your life mm-hmm. and it's the next one. So you're just going to continue to put yourself into pain, 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 pain on in pursuit of this next thing, you know, like that, that's, that kind of, defeats a lot of the point as well. I mean, sometimes because there is, I guess there's, you know, we talk a lot about the people who it's like, Oh, well, you know, like I've, I've got to get this thing and then things will be okay. But there's also people who are somewhat like addicted to, to that journey and the hurt of that journey. Like it's a, it's not a lot of people, but it is out there and you know, they leave sort of a wake of destruction behind them. Hmm. you know, and there's, and there's a lot of pain that goes, you know, I think of, I don't know, something like Wolf of Wall Street, you know, the story, I mean, that's a true story. 
and you look at all of the things that he achieved, all the things that he got that he wanted. And then it was the next thing. It was the next thing. It was the next thing. And yes, like he got all these things, but there was a lot of pain on that journey. Like, yeah, he had some good times, but, (laughs) but there was a lot of, I, there was a lot of, of hurt that was going on there too in his personal life. Well, that's that's, a good example of the story that's not fully told. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a, let's take an excerpt from this story, especially the movie. Let's take an excerpt from the story. And you know, if your whole life looked like the way they showed that movie, it would seem pretty good. But what they're not showing is all the moments where it's like, you know, all the moments where like life was, was not great. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, this is the thing is, is, is it doesn't need to be hard. Like what is hard? I, I don't know. It doesn't need to be painful necessarily. It's, it's a lot how you look at it. It's how you perceive it. But that's yes, the problem that's... is our perception. You know, it makes it our perception of like, of happiness and our perception of like what it takes to be joyful is so screwed up that we see things that actually help us and grow us as painful and hard and difficult and, and undesirable. Whereas if we, if we valued things more like personal growth and we value things more like, you know, um, self-awareness and wisdom and things like that, we wouldn't look at a lot of these lessons as, as so hard or so painful. We'd look at them as like, wow, what a service, you know, uh, you know, your failures are going to be your best friend if you let them be. Mm -hmm. But, but we're taught in school that if you fail, you're a fuck up. You're, you're a loser. You're never going to go anywhere. You're never going to go anywhere. So of course we get into life and we fail and, and we go, well, let's just avoid that at all costs. Let's just make sure everything's safe. Let's make sure everything's secure, you know? And so let's just minimize the chance that anything will be painful or uncomfortable or fail or whatever. And so now you're, you, you just have pain avoidance, you know? And the thing is, is like, I was thinking a lot about this, you know, this week particularly, but I was thinking about, well, if I was never in pain, if I went my whole life, never in pain, why would I ever change? Why would I do anything different ever than what I'm doing right now? Because, you know, in a lot of ways I'd be feeling pretty good for the most part. Like, and if I knew that I could have what I really truly dream of, but I would experience a lot more pain, would I, would I do it knowing that I've experienced a lot more pain? And I think that there's this idealistic part of ourselves that would say, yeah, well I would, but really I think what we're doing, we've been taught and indoctrinated into is avoid pain and failure at all costs. And this is just minimizing and killing our human potential because you know, adversity and pain is what, is what makes you into something. And the thing is, is, you know, pain tolerance is an interesting topic, right? Because, you know, uh, I don't know if you know this, but Muay Thai fighters, but a lot of them will, will kick trees with their shins yeah. and whatnot until they can kill the, the pain or kill off the pain in their shins, right? In their legs. Yeah. So when they're kicking someone, they don't feel so much pain. Um, and then, you know, a Muay Thai fighter can become a lot better if they, if they minimize the pain. Well, the thing is in life, when you experience adversity the first time, it's not as adverse the next time. It's, it's actually easier. You've already dealt with it. You have like a pain reduction. You're like, Oh, okay. I could handle that again. I lived through it once. Um, people try to make stories about, Oh, I could never live through that again. 
but that's just indulging in your past pain. That's not real. Like thing is, if you've handled it once, you know, you can handle it again and you can just see how far you can go. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that, you know, pain is actually a lot of what helps us achieve what we want. So we started to embrace pain and discomfort and we didn't look at it as like hard and pain and discomfort as negative things. We looked at them as like a part of our experience. Yeah. We wouldn't think so much about how they were bad. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But we, we've been taught to believe, oh, well you need comfort. You need happiness. You need to feel good. Um, and yeah, those are nice things. But the thing is, is we also forget that feel good only comes out of the fact that we have had a period where we didn't know what feeling good was like. If you feel good long enough, I guarantee you it will not feel so good anymore. I guarantee you if you keep feel good, the exact same way you're feeling good, it's going to need to be more because you forget, you know, in, in certain ways, someone who's in a lot of pain, like you take someone who's like in a third world country and you give them a little bit of feel good, you give them a little bit of comfort that they're, they're going to be over the moon. But then you take someone in North America who has, you know, money and everything. It's going to take a lot to make them feel good. You know, you have to put them in a luxury hotel and they're going to have to get service on the dot. You know what I mean? Like it's going to have to be so specific and they better have the right cushion in their goddamn chair because if they don't, it doesn't feel good enough, you know, because they're so comforted that it's like pain at the point of comfort. Comfort is still painful to them and they've been pain avoidance. So now you're avoiding pain that's actually comfort to most people. I mean, yeah. just think about how far we I mean, go. Oh you know? yeah. And I mean, it's, and it also, that point of sort of illustrates, you know, the meaninglessness of comfort in, in a lot of ways, you know, it's some of comfort. Like I, you know, I think that, that like it's possible to live a life of joy. Um, that doesn't, that coexists with, with an element of pain you know, I think that that's, that's completely possible. I mean, they say pain is a teacher, suffering is optional. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but like pain can, can draw your attention to something. It can, it can make you look at something in a new way, you know, if you allow it to do so. Right. If you're, again, if you're, if you're present with pain, you know, it, it, it reduces the suffering time and reduces how painful it is. Um, but yeah, it is, it's a perception shift on, on what that all is. But you know, if like you're in pursuit of, you know, this goal that you have and you're, and you feel like you're suffering and you feel like you're a (laughs) martyr of sorts, then that defeats, that defeats it all as well. You know, like the journey, like if the journey isn't, if the journey isn't somewhat enjoyable, (laughs) you know, if you're not getting any joy out of the journey, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, th- that is an element of pain that you're coming up to yeah. in itself, which says like, okay, well, what is this showing me? Well, maybe you're pushing a little too hard, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you're, you've, you've sacrificed a few too many things that you didn't realize were important to you, you know, that you thought, that you could do without, Mm -hmm. or, you know, you, you've compromised on something that you didn't. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it could show you, but it it can show you any number of things. Right. But you know, there's no need to make it more painful on yourself than necessary. Mm -hmm. Right. 
if that makes sense. I think so. I also think that pain is a, you know, it's a, it's a connector. It helps us understand what everyone else is going through. You know, if you experience no pain, you know, it's really hard to empathize and have compassion for anybody else. I mean, uh, you know, um, I think, uh, you know, it's interesting, like, um, you know, politics, um, are interesting because you have these things that are past, you know, and, and no one, no one even knows about them or you have an oil spill that's going on right now and nobody even knows about it. You know, it's like, and I'm, I'm not kidding that is actually happening right now and hardly anyone knows about it. And everybody's kind of focused on the Kardashians and Justin Bieber and all this other crap. And, <laughs> and I'm not saying that they're not entertaining or whatever, um, for some people, but or not human beings yeah. worthy of compassion. No, but, <laughs> but I'm just yes, saying that, you know, we, it's painful to focus on the fact there's an oil spill. And then, you know, we, we go, well, I can't do anything about it. So whatever, you know what I mean? And the thing is, is, um, you know, I think that the, the thing is, is that you look at politics, I mean, from a government point of view, corporation point of view, they want to keep people comfortable enough so they don't complain. You know, you want to be comfortable enough so that while you're like, well, if it means giving up my comfort to help this other thing, then I don't want to do that. But if I could keep my comfort and help this other thing, I'd do it. But if I had to give up my comfort to help this other thing, I won't do it because people are clinging on to comfort. They're clinging on to these ideas of, uh, you know, what they have as the thing you know, the thing that gives them joy. And, you know, you're, you're, you're stuck. Like, I mean, you know, just call the action. Would you still be a filmmaker, actor, screenwriter, painter, musician, or whatever? If you knew certainly from this point on, you would never have a commercially successful career. You'd never make a dollar doing it. Would you still do it? You know, and how much of your joy is derived from the success you think you might gain or the the success you have gained so far from this thing? Um, and it, you know, if you put too much focus on the success you have gained or the success you might gain, then you're caught in this, you're caught in this illusion of this is where my happiness comes from, but your happiness comes from, um, doing what you love. And if it's not this art, then do something else. And if it is this art, then keep doing it because you know, the, the, the money and the comfort and all that other stuff and the fame and the fortune, whatever you want to call it, that comes from all this. That's, that's the thing I think that traps us, you know, um, I mean, as you know, I've talked about this earlier in the podcast, like I've succeeded in certain ways with my, my, um, screenwriting career. And I had a student, a client of mine just say, Oh my God, like, it's so amazing what's going on with your career. And they're like, I can't wait till I get there. I can't wait till that. And I said, you know, it's no different. It's no different than where you're at. In some ways I wish I was where you are because it was, it was, you know, it was so much simpler then. Now it's just, you know, I don't write as much as I used to write because I'm dealing with contracts. I'm dealing with this thing and I'm dealing with all this other stuff now. You know what I mean? And, you know, um, the thing is we think we're going to get somewhere and it's going to be better. And I'm not saying I don't like, I like this stage of my life. I mean, it's great. It's wonderful. It's a, it's a neat little gateway into whatever's coming next, but it's also, it's not where I'm at you know, it's, it's, I can share anything. And I, I just, it's, it's foreshadowing to the future because there's this part of me that believes, Oh, well it's okay, Brandon, maybe it's like this right now, but when you get to this point, when they're paying you this and you're talking to these people, (laughs) it'll be better. And it's like, no, it's just going to be like, 
the same or it's going to be more complicated. It's not like, you know, but there's this illusion of like, you know, if only it was like this, but I think it all takes me out of the moment. And I think that's the thing is like, that's what we're kind of talking about in a way is like when things aren't working is like, maybe we're not in the moment because they're not working. Like you're live, right? You're doing it. You're, you're doing whatever you can do anything today. But um, I think when things aren't working for me, it's usually because I'm like, oh, well, things aren't aligning to the future that I thought they should align to, or I'm not experiencing this moment, which was in the future. And I imagined it being some other way. And it's not the way I imagined. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, a, that's a tricky bitch right there too. Yeah. You know, just like the way that you think, you think things should be the way that things ought to be or the way things should look like. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's once you get yourself caught up in that should game, you know, I should, you should, they should, man, that's, that's like, no, no, there's no should of anything. There's no should of anything. Like it's like you, you don't need to do anything. You know, other people don't need to do anything. It's all your choice. Mm-hmm. It's all your decision, you know, and how you, you choose to look at something. Right. And, and that's, that, that's a freeing realization to make if you, if you choose to see it that way, you know, and, and also like when things aren't working, you know, when you are at a place of like, you know, I have, I have nothing. Right. And having nothing can happen like in a, in a gutter and it can happen in a multi-million dollar mansion. Yeah. Like that awareness can, can hit you no matter, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And it's, it is a troubling and a painful place to find yourself in. Absolutely. But it's, it's the place where the next thing comes from. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a gift in many ways to say, it's like, okay, I mean, that's just, that's just the perfect moment for, for your evolution mm-hmm. as a, as a, as a person and, and as an artist. So it's like, I've, all right, I have nothing really to lose and, and nothing really to gain. You know, there's some schools of thought, which, um, I've stumbled across, which have basically, um, put forward the argument that you have a feeling of being incomplete, right? You just have a feeling in your life of being incomplete. And you think that when you get certain things, you'll be complete, but you don't realize that that feeling is just you, that the thing that you get doesn't actually make you feel complete. So when you get that thing, you'll just feel incomplete somewhere else. And so what happens is you're chasing this unattainable thing, which is that you will never feel complete until you deal with whatever's going on inside of you. Um, as opposed to trying to get these things. So, you know, uh, you get the acting role and you're like, Oh great. I feel so good. And you feel complete for a moment. And then you want a bigger acting role. And then you want a bigger one, a bigger one. Then you want the rewards. Then you want this, then you want the acclaim. Then you want people to know your name. Then you want to make more money than the next person. And then so on and so on and so on until you're the top paid actor winning the most Oscars being in the best films in the world. And you still have this feeling and you're like, well, this feeling isn't gone. I must need this other thing. But then it, it, it's elusive because it'll start to trick you. It'll go in other areas. It'll go in, well, I don't have the love of my life. I don't have that romantic partner. That's what I need now. Or I don't have my health. I'm not as fit as I want to be. So I better be more fit and then I'll be complete. 
you, ch- you chase all these things. At the end of the day, you're still going to find you're going to have the exact same feeling. You're only going to have temporarily basically disillusioned yourself from it. And the truth is, is that you have to accept at the end of the day, and we all have to do this, and we don't have to go through the rigmarole of all that to just accept that, hey, you are okay exactly as you are. You are as you are. You are who you are, and this is good, you know, and all these things that you want, they can be good things to go after. They're not, they're not bad by any means in many ways, like chasing fitness, chasing someone to share your life with, chasing great friendships, success, acclaim, all that stuff is not bad, but just realize that they're not necessarily good either. Well, if you're doing them to fulfill whatever's inside of you, like to fulfill something that you're lacking in, they're very troubling endeavors. Yeah, no, I mean, external, we've talked about that, you know, just the idea of, of, of chasing, yeah, the external to fulfill something inside of you that feels incomplete. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a never ending, it's a never ending thing. Like you'll never complete that search looking, looking outside of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, so, so it begs the question, well, where does, where does the completeness come from? It, it comes from it, I think an, an ownership of where you're at an ownership of what's inside of you. And, uh, you know, and kind of embracing that who you are is, is this like living, breathing, creative thing that can really in many ways do just about anything. I mean, um, what we can do as human beings is, is amazing, but you know, it brings me back to my earlier point about the education system is that teaching us to be robots, teaching us to obey some system, to get a job, get married, uh, do this thing, you know, whatever, get your house, get your thing, get your, be safe. I mean, at least in North America, that's what we're taught. Um, you know, work your job, you know, do as you're told, don't break the rules. If you do, you'll be punished. Um, and now you become just basically a cog in this whole system. Whereas you don't realize it's like, you know, Hey, I can, I can not do any of this. And I think is people don't want to not do it because they go, well, I won't have money. I won't have things. How will I live? How will I live my life? And I can say this, you know, being in a place where you like, I mean, I haven't been to the point where I've lived on the street necessarily, but I've been to the point where I've lived in a trailer park. I've lived in a point where I like, had no money to buy anything other than bread and some peanut butter and eating some canned food. I've been at that point. And, and, you know, when you have nothing and you realize this is not as bad as I thought it would be, this is actually like, I mean, sure. I love, I love having a really nice meal. I love being able to go out, yeah. and, you know, but in many ways you go, okay. In, in a way, when you don't have anything, you're almost more free. You have more opportunity. And you, you would think it's the opposite. You would think when you had more money and more whatever and, and all this, but I think we get caught into this, you know, I know I do every now and then I get caught into this lifestyle of, oh, I need to be this way or I need to have this thing, you know, like who am I without this stuff without, <laughs> oh man, this is, it's a, it's a tricky thing. So I think, um, you know, what to do when things are not working is like, maybe they are working is like what you were pointing out. It's like, maybe they're, they need to be this place so you can see something that you haven't been seeing. And now that's what your work becomes about. Yeah. That's what your work. Or it could fuel it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, there's so much. It's such a, it's such a mystery. (laughs) You know, that's the thing. It's just like, it's, it is a mystery. 
and I, and and it's not to say that we might not necessarily uncover some of these things at some point in our, you know, humanity, but you know, there's so like it it's such a mystery, you know, our lives, you know, and and why things happen and <laughs> and and why they happen the way that they do. And we try to con- control this mystery, but the thing is, is like we don't even know what it is to begin with. So how can you control it? Yeah, and it's, <laughs> well, it's just think- like it's it's it it's like how can you? Oh, Charles is going nuts. <laughs> He's got a bug. Um, but yeah, it's it's. This is not the conversation. Like this isn't even the conversation I thought we were going to end up ha- having today when we <laughs> when we started. No. Um, but I love that. I love the, uh, where we've, where we've gone with this, you know, it's, it's really gone some different, different territories. I mean, there is, um, well, you know what, let me, let me introduce the beer here and, oh, then, yeah, and then we'll it. continue on here. This is from uh, red truck brewing and this is their, uh, seasonal white ice I S a their white I India session ale 4.4%. I don't know the um, IBU count on it, unfortunately. <laughs> it's a little, um, it's got a little bit of hop. Yep. It's uh, a little bit drier, but not super dry. It's a little bit drier. Yeah. Um, it's light in color. It's pretty tasty. Yeah, a little bit cloudy. Yeah. A bit of a cloud to it, but yeah. that would be the white uh, side of it, mm-hmm. white ale side. I thought when I looked it's at good. it, I almost thought it was a half of Eisen when I looked at it because it looks, it almost has that look. That, to that it, yeah. would be, um, pretty easy to do. Well, white, like a white ale and a half is pretty, pretty similar yeah. type of a beer, but this has got the, uh, whole India thing, India session thing going on with it. <laughs> so I like it right on. Me too. Oh, yeah. It's been Approved. going down quite smooth. Thumbs up. <laughs> Stamp. Yeah. Get like a sound effect to come in there. Um, yeah, well, you know, you don't know where these, these conversations are going to go sometimes. And, uh, I think that's the nature of it. I mean, that's the interesting thing about the way we do this podcast, because it's a conversation. It's not someone dictating some idea to anyone, you know? And, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if, uh, we are ultimately correct on all our observations and answers on things. I mean, all I can say is that for me, I do the best I can to try and understand this journey and I always try to share what I can, what I think would be helpful to my younger self, you know, and I always try to, um, these podcasts, I mean, share with you and through you, um, I, you know, if I have any attention, intention, I would say that it's to share some wisdoms that I've experienced as I've gotten older. Um, because I think that future generations or anyone who's listening to a podcast, trying to learn and be better, unless they're doing it just for pure entertainment, which, Hey, (laughs) but I mean, uh, if you're trying to learn something and try and be a little bit better, I think, you know, these are some things to, you know, to think about. I mean, they're, um, and, and, you know, also these are, there's certain things that I feel like I I learn and I kind of know from a very like logical, like headspace, but over time they, they land in me and I end up getting them, you know, as a person, like they, they become a more of a part of me. And, uh, I don't always know when I'm saying something, how much do I know this or how much do I actually get it? Cause I've had moments like, like watching fight club the other day. Um, actually I watched it last night. I, and, and there was a few moments in it where I was like, 
you know, I get this in a way that I never, ever got it. Like, cause I think I saw it when I was 16 years old or something, 15 or 16 years old. It's been, it's been, you know, quite a few years. And, um, when I first saw it, um, you know, I had a bunch of perceptual shifts, but I've learned a lot about those things. And now, like when I watched, it, I was like, like, I mean, I pointed this out to you earlier. I mean, you're not your job, you know? And, and, and this is the thing I think as an artist, you know, sometimes I actually feel like when people ask me about myself, I want to tell them, well, I am a writer. I'm a screenwriter. I'm a storyteller, but that's not me. I'm like, that's something I do. That's just, uh, that's something I'm passionate about, but I'm, but that's such a, you know, and, and these, whatever I get paid or whatever, it doesn't make me any different or better than anyone else. I mean, the thing is, is to understand that, you know, I'm, I'm not these things that I'm trying to do out in the world. Right. And I think when we talk about what's not working is it, it really feels like I'm not, I'm not getting to be who I want to be because I'm attached to the success of these things. But if I don't need the success of those things, all of a sudden I can just be, Hey, like everything's okay. If I stop this today, everything's okay. If I start again, working at McDonald's, flipping burgers, everything is okay. It doesn't make me less yeah. because I can do that because I have the, I have the literally, I decide if I ever write another screenplay or not. I actually questioned that this week. I thought, what if I just decide after this last screenplay I'm due that I just never write a screenplay again? I asked myself that. I said, you know what? That would be okay. Even if I've worked as hard as I've worked to be a great storyteller and to do this and to get my career to this point, if I decide that I want to walk away from this after this screenplay, I'm allowed to do that. And that was a big shift for me because I realized like, I don't need to define myself as a screenwriter. Yeah. You know, I talk about that a lot because it's on my mind a lot, but that is not me. And I think this is the thing as artists, I think sometimes we get wrapped up in this thing. And so when things are not working, we feel like we're not working. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, like what you're saying, it's like, it's almost like a practice of detachment, Yeah. you know, which, um, you know, the Buddhists talk about a lot, (laughs) you know, just the detachment of these things. It's like, I am not these things, you know, like these things that we do, it doesn't mean that we don't feel them deeply. You know, these are expressions of us. These are creations from us, but yeah, we, they are not who we are, you know, like they do, they are not, um, indicators of our value as people, right. you know, but they're, they're merely our expressions of ourselves and yeah. And, and to not get too attached to it, there was, um, a quote had entered my mind as you were, as you were speaking here and I was just like, Oh, that would be very fitting. And now it's, now it's sort of <laughs> decided oh, no. to just take a little wander away. Um, but, um, well, you were talking about, uh, like just if you decided to, to walk away from, from all it. Oh yes. Yes. There we go. Reminding myself backtracking. <laughs> Sometimes you got to backtrack, right? You got to do it. You gotta go, um, as we said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, oh, and then, and then I'm going to lose it again. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a good segue. I had a sip of beer. It was delicious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. So again, so sometimes you got to do it again. Um, Let's just do it again. Um, so we're, so you're talking, I'm not my, about, I'm not screenwriter. I don't have to write again. You don't have to, you don't have to do, it's do it ever again. Um, 
It's not coming. No, it's not coming. All right. But no, no worries. No, I, I, I like, uh, I like what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Um, well, you know, I mean, I, I don't really have too much more to say on this topic at this point, to be honest. I mean, uh, we ventured into it. I feel like we opened up a door. I don't know if we necessarily came up with uh, any particular answers. We tried to do maybe some practical things. Oh, sorry. I'm oh, just going to interrupt you. Do it. Do there it. it is. Um, they, they it was something that uh, <laughs> uh, uh, from from Dan Millman, uh, Dan Millman's book, um, The Laws of Spirit. And he has a chapter in there called uh, The Law of Choices. And, and one of the points he makes, he's like, well, until you claim your power to say no, you can never truly claim your power to say yes Mm -hmm. to something. So as long as you feel like something has this power over you, so, and this comes to the attachment thing, this is why we're all spurred it on. Okay. It's all related. Fantastic. I'm so (laughs) glad that there was a reason why I was saying this. I'm not wasting everybody's time. (laughs) Um, but it's, it's like when you're so attached to, you know, this thing that you're doing and that this is me and this is who I am. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's not who you are. And, but when you give it that power over you where you feel it's like, I can't, I can't walk away from it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you're really doing yourself a disservice only by you saying that, no, I don't have to do this does then it become your, does it really become your choice to do it? Right. And it allows you to do it more fully and with greater expression. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's, and I remember that chapter and wait, have I read that one? Yes, you have. Yeah, yeah. that was the one I read. Yeah. Cause he has another one you were telling me about, but, uh, yeah, I, I remember that chapter and, uh, um, now that I think about it and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that was part of my thing with the writing because, um, you know, is, is, uh, is by being willing to admit that I was okay, not doing it. I didn't, you know, there's this lack, you don't need it anymore. You don't need it to be a certain way. And it's, it's interesting because there's this part of me that, um, wants to identify with it. Um, you know, because I think sometimes I feel sometimes like, who am I without it? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's an ego thing. Yeah. It's a total ego. It's total ego thing. It's, uh, and you know, it, all it does is really lead to pain because I think about back when I was a a kid and I, you know, my friend Robbie and I, we used to, um, we used to get together, we'd knock on each other's door and we would play this game. (laughs) It's so silly, but it was called Mac and Joe. And he was Mac and I was Joe. And we were basically like Miami Vice. <laughs> like, I we love were, it. I we love were it. little kids, but, um, <laughs> we would imaginary, we'd create these imaginary things like episodes. Basically we had to play out and, um, the bad guy, I kid you not, was named Bluebeard. And we were always after Bluebeard, but we never caught him. <laughs> so it was this ongoing series of episodes, but we were always killing off his henchmen with our cap guns and stuff. Um, and the reason why it was called Bluebeard was because one day I only had a pen and it was blue and I drew out like what a bad guy looked like. And I drew him with a beard for some reason and it was blue. Yeah. So we called him Bluebeard. It was like, <laughs> you know, whatever. But my point is, is that when I was back as a, as a kid playing those games, I didn't identify with that game as making me better or worse or whatever. We just played it. We had fun. 
we did what we did. We created something new every time we got together and it was, it was a blast and it's kind of silly almost to admit today, but I think back of that when I'm screenwriting today and I think, well, that's what it's all about. That kid was doing what we were doing back then. That's really what, this is what this is about. And now people want to pay me money for it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because, because I'm willing to commit to the idea, some crazy idea of, you know, doing this thing. And, and, uh, you know, granted the stories get more complicated. They they get more intricate, they get whatever. But when I think about like, Oh, what will the script get me in? And, and Mm. what doors will this open? Mm -hmm. That's when I get Mm -hmm. lost. But when I think about what am I creating and I'm thinking about knocking on Robbie's door and saying, Hey, do you want to play? When I, if I write from a place like that, that's, that's more me. That's more me doing what I want to do. If I think about what will happen once we play this game, like if someone saw this, would they really think it was cool? That's when I get lost. That's when I, you know, and then we can be like, well, the game's not working. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, and I think it's, um, yeah, it's still all about Mac and Joe. Yeah. You know, it's, like it still doesn't, it, it, that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just, it's just a complication that we've laid upon it. Um, yeah, I think that's, I love that you shared that story, uh, <laughs> here at the end. Cause that, that is, it's still, it's still really all just all about that. And everything else is, mm-hmm. everything else is frivolous. Yeah. So I think what I'd leave everyone with at the end of this whole thing is that if you feel like things are not working, I think what you need to do, and just as this my off the cuff opinion at the moment, but I really think that you need to just go back and I'm telling this as much to myself as I'm telling this to anybody else is just go back and remember when you were a kid and remember, you know, what it was that you liked to do, what it was that was joyful. And, uh, you know, and connect back to that kind of like innocence before there was all this pressure and demand and programming put into you, you know, because I think back when I was a kid, I mean, yeah, maybe I saw things on television, which inspired us to have those ideas or whatever. So, you know, you get your inspiration from wherever you get it. Right. But, um, I just know that when we were doing it, we were totally in the moment and we were totally having fun and there was no right or wrong. And, um, it was just like a pure kind of acceptance and like joy, you know? And, uh, and I think about my life right now and I think about those moments when I'm really truthfully joyful is when I'm really like doing what I love and owning the moment and being okay with whatever it is. And the moments where I feel like really not so happy and so hot is when I think things need to be some other way other than what they are. And so I think like, you know, you were talking about this earlier on in the talk about how it might be kind of spiritual and metaphysical and all that idea. But I think that you're right on is that in we need to, whatever moment we're in, we need to fully own it and embrace it for what it is. And we need to not try and be in some other moment. Like so maybe this moment is perfect. Even if you're really depressed and really angry or really upset or things seem like they're not working out, maybe this moment is just perfect. And, um, you know, I'll share one last story. Um, you know, when I was, when I was living in a trailer park, I mentioned that earlier, we went from living in a mansion like to living in a trailer park, like it was a big shift, (laughs) but 
I remember my dad saying to me before it happened, he's like, things are going to change a lot. And I remember thinking, okay, all right. And then I remember being in the trailer park with him and us eating peanut butter sandwiches. And I just remember thinking, I'm hanging out with my dad. And I remember thinking about how great that was. And it didn't even matter to me. The, the location around us didn't matter to me because I was with my dad. That was all that mattered to me. And you know, you said this earlier, and I don't know if you said it on the talk, but you said it to me before we had the talk, but it's all about love. And it really is. Because you know what? Being in the trailer park for me was a good thing in a way, because I got to spend more time with my dad, who I loved, than I love. And you know what? You think about it, you go, you could have the mansion, you could have the money, I could have anything I wanted. I could have any toy, anything I wanted. But what mattered to me more was eating a peanut butter sandwich in some shitty trailer park with my dad because I was with my dad. Would I trade everything in my life to have my dad? Absolutely. Would I give him up for everything else? No, no way. Because it's all about love. It's all about the, it's all about the people. It's all about that expression. It's all about that feeling and that innocence and that whatever. And I think if I'm going to leave anybody with anything, if things aren't working out, try and reconnect with like, what's the love, you know? Cause I think that's the lesson at the end of yeah. the day, really. Yeah. And uh, I'm just going to close it out. Just, I'm going to just grab, grab that. And I'm just going to keep rolling with Do it. it. Um, yeah, it's like if things aren't working. I mean, for one, like, well, you don't even necessarily know that maybe the thing that you're looking at like this, it's, you're saying that things aren't working out of some idea of where you're supposed to be or should be, blah, 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 blah. You don't know that. You don't know any of that. So let go, let go for one. And yeah, and, and, you know, in a sort of a more practical thing, like if you're, you know, if you're writing a script or you're working on a, on a part, if you're making a painting, writing a song and it's not working, it's, and, and it's become suffering, you know, you don't, this is the other thing. You don't have to do it. You don't have to, you can let it go. Mm -hmm. You can just let it go. You don't have to finish it. If there's no joy, because I think that comes back to just like, if there's no love in this anymore, maybe, maybe that was all it was supposed to be. You know, like I've had moments where it's like, I've, you know, auditioned for something or I've been working on something and I'm just like, I'm like, oh yeah, like, you know, I'm, I'm so fired up about it. And then at some point I'm just like, I've just completely lost connection to it. Or, you know, you didn't get the part and you're like, what? I was so sure that this was, this was the thing, right? That this was going to be it. This was going to be it again, looking for the sort of thing, right? Mm. It's like, well, maybe it served everything that it was supposed to at that moment, you know, and, and it's to show you something else. Maybe you're supposed to learn something else, but own that. Mm-hmm. You can, and you can let it go. I mean, you can, or if it's not working, you know what? Throw out that draft, start again from, from fresh. But if the love is gone, then what's the point? Yeah. What's the point of doing it? But yeah, just, and I think, yeah, the, just the presence, be present with where you're at. You know, usually when you, when you can find those moments, you know, sometimes they, they can be difficult. You know, the mind can get very loud. Um, but when you can find those moments of presence and, and the gratitude that, that comes with, with presence, um, you know, like it can, it can be extraordinarily powerful and it can show you, um, it can, it can teach you a lot. Yeah. 
it can teach you a lot about where you are and and the perfection of it. So, you know, if things aren't working, I don't know, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> try to look at, I think, yeah, I think the best thing you can do is try to look at how this is somehow, I mean, not working is a perception anyway. So try to look at how, why this is good. Yeah. You know, like it might not be working out the way that you expected or planned or whatever, but try and look at like, what's, because there's something good in every yeah. moment, I think. To be able to just go, oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. You know, isn't this interesting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> be curious about it. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks. Thanks.